You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter, here with you all on this Monday, and you know what? It's a really exciting week. The Pelicans play real basketball on Thursday. They also play a basketball game tonight, another scrimmage. We will preview that in the third segment as they take on the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll catch you up on what you missed over the weekend, which was a scrimmage game on Saturday against the Denver Nuggets, who played well, who didn't. And then I want to highlight, well, one of the guys that did play well, Nikhil Alexander-Walker here in the second segment. I've liked what I've seen out of him over these first two scrimmage games. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. But first things first, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So we'll look at how the Pelicans played against the Nuggets here. That was a pretty strong victory form of the weird uh, Nuggets lineup, 119-104. Before that, though, Zion has returned to the bubble. I forgot that that's big news here. He got back sometime Friday late afternoon, early evening. Uh, We don't know the exact time, but it just got tweeted out during that stretch. And that's a big deal because Zion now has to go through a four-day quarantine. So if you look at it, Friday to Saturday, Saturday to Sunday, Sunday to Monday, Monday to Tuesday, he should be out of his hotel room and out of quarantine at some point tomorrow. If it's, say, around 4 or 5 p.m. in the evening and the Pelicans have a practice at 6, 7, or 8 p.m., well, then it looks like he'll be able to get a practice in with the team before the opening game against the Utah Jazz on, on Thursday. Perfect. He needs like one practice. He'll be fine. If that, I expect him to play against the Utah Jazz um, and play significant minutes. So he's back. The real question now becomes, does he practice with the team or not? Depending if it's they're going to make him do a full like 24 hour day quarantine. If you can, can leave your hotel room around the time you got into your hotel room, all of that stuff. Not exactly sure what some of the specifics are as we don't know, but he should be fine. He's back in the bubble. It sounds like everything went well with his family, all that that's done. No more need to talk about it. We're just happy he's back and going to be playing some basketball. All right, the Denver Nuggets Pelicans scrimmage game Saturday night, a 119-104 win over the Nuggets for your New Orleans Pelicans. The Nuggets are a bit of a weird team right now. They played eight guys. New Orleans, by comparison, played 13 in this one, so five more players because they've got so many guys that are not with the team just yet are getting back and kind of working their way back into everything. So it's a little bit funky. They run Nikola Jokic, who's a all-NBA center, at point guard. Jeremy Grant at guard. He's very tall. Paul. Um, Bull Bull at small forward, Torrey Craig at another forward spot, and Mason Plumlee at center. That's actually like positional fit right there. So their their lineup's super tall, super weird. And when you watched it, New Orleans did exactly what they should. New Orleans can go big too, in a way, but they can also play super small. And in this one, they did. You got Derek Favors back in the starting lineup. You put Nicolo Melli at power forward, JJ Redick at the uh, small forward spot, Lonzo Ball in the backcourt alongside Drew Holiday. There was no Brandon Ingram, no Josh 
Hart in this one. They missed the game due to having dental procedures in the morning. They're fine. They just weren't going to play in the game. By going small, basically New Orleans just blitzed the Denver Nuggets in this one. They played fast. They went out and ran. The pace was 107.5 and just kind of went around all of the bigs. We all loved what we saw from Bol Bol in the first game that he played. And while he was not crappy in this one, he did go 6 of 19 shooting. That's 32%. 2 of 7 from 3. And he only, only blocked two shots. He had six in the first game. Going small and going around some of these big guys really seemed to work. And New Orleans played well for the guys that did play. The starters basically played a quarter, and that was about it. They didn't need to see a whole lot of action in this one. And the quarters were a little bit longer. So it was really largely left up to the bench mob. All of the starters played well for the most part. Drew Holiday shot 50%. Derek Favors was 3 of 4. Nicolo Melli was 2 of 3 from deep. J.J. Redick was 3 of 5 from deep. That's exactly what you want to see out of these guys. Lonzo Ball was the lone exception, just going 1 of 3 from deep. But it's not horrible he also grabbed three defensive boards two assists uh and and ran the break pretty well so overall the starters did exactly what you wanted to see from them this was more about the rest of the guys trying to impress us in this game and some of them really did jackson hayes off the bench 13 points on just eight shots he got to the line eight times hit five of them was four of eight from the field grabbed six boards he is not as bad at defense as I was kind of remembering and almost expecting going into this. His arms are everywhere and he's really active on that side of the ball and that makes you feel kind of good about the potential he has and the player that he can grow into. He's not getting the assist numbers right now, but his passing also looks pretty strong. Uh, he's going to be a very complete center and if he does develop an outside outside shot look out NBA Etwan Moore who played about 14 minutes in this one after a very impressive first game came back down to earth scoring wise just going two of five from the field for six total points but chipped in four assists and just kind of did his uncle E thing he's going to play a big role in this and we'll talk about the backup point guard spot in the next segment and why that's really important to New Orleans don't be shocked if you see Etwan play some of those minutes too. I don't think New Orleans needs it in a traditional sense. And they have a lot of guys who can kind of fill that role. Frank Jackson in this one is in the running for all of that too. 16 points. You got that summer league scoring from him. 3 of 8 from the field. So 37.5%, 38%. But 5 of 12 overall. But he was aggressive in this one, looking to attack. Caught a nice lob from Lonzo Ball, too, which was pretty great. You forget just the freak athleticism that this dude absolutely has out there. Four assists on the night for him, too. Kenrich Williams really getting some run in this one. The shooting, not quite there. He was just two of five from the field, which is fine. Um, But he grabbed six boards. Five assists with not a turnover in sight, including some really nifty bounce, uh, one nice bounce pass, a couple of other really nice reads down low. Forgot about this guy and the kind of role that he fills. He also took a number of charges in this game and probably leads all scrimmage teams with charges right now. You had a Jalil Okafor siding, offense never his problem, two of two from the field. Sandarius Thornwell got some run out there, 12 points in 21 minutes, three of four from deep. Uh, if you can do that, you will play minutes. And then there's Nikhil Alexander-Walker, finished with 21 on the night, on 19 shootings, so it's not great. But let's talk about him coming up here in the next segment and see how the Pelicans rookie is doing and what his role in the bubble might be. 
So before we get to that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by rockauto.com. With an ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's basically impossible to stock all of the parts you need at a traditional chain store. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Is your car an LX, an EX, an SRT? And wait while the counterman orders the parts from his computer, choosing the only brand the warehouse happens to carry and paying that exact price. You've got a computer, you got a phone, go to rockauto.com instead. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things, mortgage, food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, sometimes even a hundred percent more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? You can get parts much cheaper from rockauto.com. I'm doing this right now on an older car that I have. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpeting. If you want to refresh the interior, whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. You can go on there, browse their easy-to-use catalog, select the brands um, and different prices that you prefer depending on the different part. That's a great way to save some money that you're not able to do at any of those chain auto stores. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So Nikhil Alexander-Walker, I've seen some people not like his play from the first two scrimmage games, but I've been largely impressed with him, to be honest, over this stretch of period. The shooting has not been there, I will grant you that 100%, but in the game against the Denver Nuggets, he did score 21 points on 19 shots. That, that's not good, Let's you know, or not great, I should say. Uh, could be worse, you could be bowl-bowl there, right? So this is one of those interesting things where you've really got to watch him and what he does that impacts others around him to kind of get a feel for what he's doing out there on the court. So the shooting is not there. We don't need to touch on that. He's ripping a lot of threes. He's got a lot of confidence there, but he's not particularly great at shooting threes. He was three, uh, two of eight in the game against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, and on the season, I don't think he's shooting particularly well from three, shooting 34%. So it's not amazing, but it could be a whole lot worse. But two games where you shoot about 25% from three is going to make things look kind of bad. And he does take a few more long mid-range jumpers than you would like. And he's not good at hitting those either. Not that anyone would be. Uh, and that doesn't do you any favors to kind of some of the eye test stuff. But he's doing a lot of what's right. Against the Denver Nuggets, by the way, uh, he took four mid-range jumpers, hit one of them, so he's three of four. One was in the paint, but still, it's a bad take, uh, and you don't want to see that. But he's doing a lot of other things, right? And then when you get into his shot chart, it's really the shots at the rim and the driving and attacking and the breaking down of a defense that really opens things up for the rest of the roster. And that's what's such an important thing for him that if he really wants to carve out a role in the bubble or just going forward on this Pelicans team over the rest of his career or the time that he's here. And that's where you can get into some of the tracking data that we have. And we don't have it for these scrimmage games. I'm hopeful we'll get it during the actual seeding games and stuff after, but that remains to be seen. So drives per game, we've talked about it. Lonzo Ball's not great at this, though he's got more than he had last season. Drew Holiday leads the team at 53 
Brandon Ingram, 12.9 behind that. That's good. Driving, attacking, trying to get to the basket. Good things come from that. Defense collapses on you. You kick it out. You dump it off to Zion down low. Or you try and score at the rim. Those are kind of your options. Or you turn it over and miss a shot, I guess, too. Lonzo Ball, 5.9 drives per game. After that, it's Josh Gray and his two New Orleans Pelicans games, five. But then it's Nikhil Alexander-Walker with 4.6 drives per game. He's doing that in 12.2 minutes of action per game in the 41 games he's played. Lonzo Ball in 55 games, 32.3 minutes per game. That right there is kind of a big difference. Look at what he's doing out there in limited minutes. And he's not the best finisher at the rim during, around the rim during the regular season. That was a bit of a problem. Just 33.3% is his scoring on drives. Lonzo Ball is actually better, 34.9. None of those numbers are good. None of those numbers are good at all. But we've seen Nikhil really start to use his left hand more. He's ambidextrous. He can finish with either hand, but it looks like he's switching to the left hand and that's starting to pay some dividends, I think, for him a little bit in at least these two scrimmage games so far. There's a lot of height from the Denver Nuggets and he was able to score and finish around the rim. That is a really big deal, I think. And you saw it in a shot chart against the Denver Nuggets. He was five of six at the rim. That's the type of shot chart you want to see, just finishing right down low. And when teams collapse on him, he kicks it out or dishes or dumps it off. He had five assists in that game, along with four rebounds. Now, the turnovers are there, too. That's a bit of a problem for him is he sometimes makes a really kind of careless and bad pass that's almost like an unforced error that goes out of bounds, and then all of a sudden it's, ugh. At least they're oftentimes dead ball turnovers, but still, you don't want you. He's got to cut that down too. But the aggression, the scoring mentality, him running the second unit a little bit at times, or being the go-to scorer, maybe not running the second unit, makes a lot of sense to me. And if a team, if for the team that doesn't have a traditional backup point guard spot, you know, you can take out Lonzo Ball and Drew Holiday slides in. Say you put in JJ Redick at that point if you're doing the normal starting lineup with Ingram at small forward, Zion at power forward. Favors, there we go, I'm spaced right there. Uh, at center, you can just take out Lonzo, put in J.J. Redick. Now your backup point guard is Drew Holiday. And you can kind of rotate and stagger those two guys too. Each one more can get some you know, minutes in there. You can give it to Frank Jackson too, and we've seen that. He had four assists in the game against the Denver Nuggets. And you can also have Nikhil do it. And all of these things give you a lot of flexibility. So it's going to just kind of be depending on what you need. If maybe you just need something a little bit more stable, you give it to each one more. If you need some scoring and some aggression because you need to break down a defense, Nikhil's probably the guy. When you look at the drives numbers for him, again, 4.6 doesn't sound all that great, but compared to Lonzo, which is the easiest thing to do in their totals, and, and you can see a bit of a different story. You've got Drew Holiday, who has 828 drives on the season. Brandon Ingram, 710. Lonzo Ball? 324 and that's in 1,777 minutes then you get Nikhil Alexander Walker after each one more who's got 189 drives so you know maybe about half or so you could say uh, of Lonzo Ball but he's only played 501 minutes Lonzo Ball has played over 1,700 he's played 501 there's a significant difference right there, and that shows you the aggressiveness and the skill set that he brings to the table. This isn't to knock Lonzo Ball or anything. I have, I'm, I'm sure I'll hear about this on Twitter, but 
this just shows there are different players doing different things. And sometimes you need to have that guy. And I like what I've seen from Nikhil, who also his defense hasn't been bad at all, in my opinion. He's, I wouldn't go actively good on that side of the ball, but you see some really nice things from him. Again, the quickness, some of the, the athleticism too helps with all of that. But you can see his numbers on drives and certain things are going to get good eventually. And once he does that, I have pretty high expectations for him for to fill that role. And if you need kind of a spark plug off the bench, it really could be Nikhil for the Pelicans in the NBA's restarted bubble. So before we preview tonight's game against scrimmage, I should say, against the Milwaukee Bucks and what's got a weird little quirk added into all of this, which is kind of fun. The first edition of my new Pels newsletter, Bird is the Word, went out this morning. If you want to subscribe, go to pelsnews.substack.com pelsnews.substack.com to sign up. It's free. comes out Monday morning. We'll have a little bit of fun in there too. It's going to take you like all of three minutes total to read if you just need to kind of catch up on everything's going on because you missed something for whatever reason. It happens. This is a great way to kind of stay connected with it all as well. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast, Locked On Pelicans, wherever you get your podcast from. All right, wrapping up today's show, it is a game day, scrimmage day for your New Orleans Pelicans as they take on the Milwaukee Bucks in the final preseason scrimmage game, whatever you want to call these. The Pelicans, by the way, 5-0 in preseason, 2-0 in scrimmages thus far, 7-0 in exhibition meaningless games on the year. Milwaukee Bucks, 5-0 in preseason, 2-0 in scrimmages, 7-0 in meaningless basketball games so far. Something's got to break, right? One of them is going to be 8-0, one of them will be 7-1, and one, and we get this clash tonight. Yeah, you, you don't need to build it up that much, but this should be kind of fun. You know, if the Denver Nuggets play tall, the Bucks do it too, but the Bucks are actually better, and Milwaukee has played a number of their guys significant minutes in the two scrimmage games so far. I don't know if they'll do exactly the same thing here, given that it's kind of the eve of the NBA restart and all of that, but I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if they got significant burn and that creates some problems from the Pelicans that they didn't have against kind of that really weird Denver Nuggets lineup. If the small lineup works really well or going small against the Bucks, largeness, I guess, with the Lopez brothers, with Giannis and others works really well. You, you could be you could make a claim that New Orleans is a team to really keep an eye on in the NBA bubble, maybe does some damage in the playoffs. So I still probably am not going to believe you. But that's kind of what you're looking to see. How does Drew Holiday match up with a guy like uh, Giannis, who's you know you're going to see minutes there? I didn't even talk about Jokic struggling against Drew Holiday at times in the other uh, scrimmage game. You should see Brandon Ingram back and Josh Hart in this one. They'll get that assignment at times too. That could be difficult as well. Has Nicolo Melli fair on the defensive side of the ball here? That's a big question mark about him. Um, and how's it going to look with Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who we just talked about, and how does he play in this one against a you know stout defensive team, arguably with the MVP and Defensive Player of the Year? Our cats are going nuts in the room here. Uh, so this is one of those games that it, it's going to be curious to see. You know, you've played a game against the Nets, who were not great, a weird kind of decimated also Denver Nuggets thing. Um, so let's see how this goes. That's going to be a little bit curious. This might be the stiffest test New Orleans has gotten. It will be the stiffest test New Orleans has gotten. And that might be the best barometer of how this team looks. And they've looked good so far. 
Is that just kind of the opponent or is that them? And I think you might get a better idea of it in this game. So enjoy the game tonight. And that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you to the sponsor, rockauto.com. Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need over there at rockauto.com. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow. 